Hello, my name is Jason Reichel, and you're listening to Risk Management Brick by Brick. I'm fascinated with people who are helping build and maintain the physical world around us. On each episode of this podcast, we'll dive in with a risk manager, speak to them about how technology plays a role in this process. It's my pleasure to introduce Kevin Yasker as our guest for today's episode. Kevin is a risk manager at Sobin. Sobin is a global construction consultancy firm developing major construction projects all over Europe, Asia, and Americas. Kevin's background is in accounting and has aided his journey in risk analysis and management. He shared a lot of interesting insights about the world of looking at risk in a 360 way. Let's dive into that discussion. Hey, Kevin, thank you for joining Brick by Brick. It's really nice to have you. Hey, thank you for having me. It's an honor, pleasure to be here. So the journey to becoming a risk manager is different for everyone. Risk management is more and more put under the accounting team. And I thought it was an interesting background because you yourself were an accountant. How did you end up as a risk manager and why did you take that path? So I was an accounting major in college, fell in love with the numbers and the puzzle of accounting inherently that it is. After college, got just started in corporate America into logistics industry, actually, and for more reason than one. It wasn't a, something I wanted to do long-term, wasn't a good fit. So had the opportunity to join a residential lending company in the construction industry, and that created a position of risk manager for in that space. I was kind of pitched the data analytics side of things, uh, problem solving, that kind of thing, support for the whole team. Growing up with a a little bit of a curiosity about construction from a little kid and everything. And then with that kind of curiosity for the, the data side of things, it seemed like a good a good logical next step and just kind of dove head first right in and started learning all about it. And that's progressed into another career change as more of a, a risk manager on larger industrial size projects is where I'm at now. So a little winding road to where I to get where I am today with a little bit of not a direct linear path to get where I am now. But you, you mentioned the curiosity about like construction projects. I think a lot of people have a curiosity, especially if you're risk management construction, obviously they grew up either in those environments or always going by. For as an example, one of the things that got me into risk management is walking past construction sites. I mean, like, why is no one working? Going then finding that the reason that all the work is shut down is usually because some claim that a risk manager is probably now mitigating is going on there. And it made me go, oh, okay, this is interesting that that like the built world is administrated by these puzzle pieces behind the scenes. Do you feel like there's a direct link between accounting and that puzzle solving and risk management? I think so. I think obviously there's always things in risk with that and construction in particular that affect cost, right? That set costs back. You need to increase, decrease contingencies, that kind of thing. But I think it's more of a, it's a mindset too, right? So accounting a lot of the times is a puzzle. You got to figure out where, they, where the, the discrepancies are, how to make things add up at the end of the day and then balance out. And that that kind of like, all right, let's look at the big picture here. Let's see what's going on. Let's ask the right questions. Let's see where we went wrong and how we can fix it. That mindset, I think, really helps too. So where there is that that direct linear correlation between the numbers, that kind of thing, it's really just kind of a, the, the critical thinking that goes into it, I think is, is the biggest connection in my opinion. Great, yeah. Well, let's walk through that. So you're working now at Sobin, correct? Yes. What does a day in the life of Kevin look like as a risk manager at the scale your organization is operating? Yeah, every day is a little different. We're on a good cadence, kind of a a monthly cadence I can kind of run you through. So 
Sobin, a little bit of background. They, uh, we do every, we're a construction consulting firm. So we, we partner with companies doing expansions, new builds, that kind of thing on the industrial scale. Data centers are bread and butter. I'm currently on a project for a, a life sciences company up in, in the Raleigh, North Carolina area that's doing a big expansion. So they bring us in for one for expertise and just to get some more hands on help. So the main, the core of responsibilities of what we do is we manage a risk register of about 300 or so risks that fluctuates, goes under, goes over 300. But we work with the project managers over about 18 work packages throughout this big project. And we, from day one, it's we work with them to identify risks, to score them on a cost schedule basis. How are they going to affect the budget? How are they going to affect the completion date, the quality, that kind of thing? Is that all proactive? Proactive? Like doing assessments, doing different tests, or is it as they come up, scoring them so they know what how to mitigate them? Yes to both. So we're actually in the phase right now, we're not even going to break ground on this project for another probably four or five months. So it's all, we're still in the, we call it gate two, the budgeting phase, scheduling, that kind of thing. So very proactive. So it's meeting with them months, a year in advance to like, all right, what are the potential risks here? What are the actions we can take to mitigate these risks? What would this risk do to the project before we mitigate it? What's going to look like after? So we can get a more comprehensive view and, and just kind of have contingency planning it set in place. So a lot of my day-to-day is and has been getting the register up and running, right? So it's a lot of Excel work. We use an Oracle product as our data source for our risk. So it's getting that up and running so we can run the Monte Carlo risk analysis on cost and schedule, that those sort of things. So a lot of data for me on the day-to-day getting that set up. And then we do have a monthly cadence of working with our our work package owners and our project managers. One, again, to identify those risks, identify mitigating actions. Once construction starts, following up with those, making sure the mitigating actions are are happening if they have. I made a particular response action for a potential risk that was supposed to start. But since our last meeting, we're like, all right, you know, how's this started? What does this look like? How's it going type thing? So a little bit of data, a lot of bit of collaboration with the project managers, with the schedulers, with our cost people too. So we're... As you know, a lot of hats and uh, a lot of balls in the air at once. It's a very interesting job because it's at the intersection of a lot and it's a lot about influencing, right? One of the things that often comes up on the podcast, which it seems like because both you're a consultant in risk and with organizations is how do you build that strong relationship with the project management team, with the people actually doing the work so that the recommendations that you make are listened to correctly or addressed appropriately, or, you know, sometimes they accept things into their risk appetite and that in your job is just to surface those up. But what are some of the tips that you use that you found really successful in working with those cross resources, functional resources? Sure. Yeah, I think it's, I want to say pitch, but just show that that we're a resource for them, right? So we're we're on the same team. We're working towards the same goal. I know it's easy to these monthly meetings, sometimes bi-monthly, they get a little bit repetitive for them. But just as we wear a lot of hats, project managers have a lot going on too. So they're worrying about risk. They're worrying about subcontractors, vendors, that kind of thing. They have a million things going on too. So having the understanding that we're here to help, we're here to keep you on track for your risks and the risk management side of things, kind of giving you a little nudge when you need it or a reminder here and there. And just showing that, you know, we're here to help. As long as you're showing it's a, you're a value add to them, all right? And you're helping them make their life easier and from the risk side of things. And that's just kind of a, 
you got to talk to talk and walk to walk too. And that's just a relationship that kind of builds over time as the project progresses. Yeah. So projects are long. So how long are you deployed as a consultant around risk for a project duration? Is that post go live? Or you're working with the construction companies themselves. So you're not working with the owners past that date, right? Do you pass on the risk assessment to the ownership group as well? It's fluid and it kind of depends on the project. So we go in from in a specified time frame, and then we see where we're at and kind of go from there and, and see what's still needed, what's not. But yeah, so we're, we actually work with both. We work with the client themselves or the owner of the, the, the facility. They have a general contractor that they work with and all the subs. So we kind of are in-house kind of working with all of those people. Essentially, I'm implanted in with the client. I work with their insight, their on-site risk manager, and she's an experienced project manager in herself. So we kind of are the liaison between the contractor, the subcontractor, to the management of the client that is going to be that whose facility it will be at the end of the day. One question that I would that I think some risk managers would have when construction companies sometimes have risk managers internally, they're dealing a lot with the vendors, they're dealing a lot with the insurance, not just the risk from the projects themselves. What is the main reason you see organizations hire an additional resource to come in and help them with the project risk, so to speak? I think, in my opinion, the main thing is it's another way, another set of eyes, another point of view. For a particular, a larger client, they have their own way of doing things. And if they're long established, it's easy to have that confirmation bias almost, right? And we've done it this way for forever. This is how we do it. This is the run of show. This is how it goes. If you have a consultant come in or just someone else in general, I think it's always good to see the bigger picture and have different points of view. That's that's how you learn and how the dialogue is started and how at the end of the day, you, you get to, from A to B. So just an, an additional set of eyes, set of hands too, to help out with the, the day-to-day stuff, but just a, a different way of thinking about things. Different point of view is always productive. One of the things that you I think is interesting about your current position, I talked to a lot of internal risk managers here. And being a consultant, and you said you have like 300 different, you call them packages that you could put down, which are probably based on the project, and these ones are applicable, these other ones are not. How do you guys go about designing new risks? Like, are you capturing all of the things that happen on the site? And then is the team internally at your organization designing new risk services, essentially, that they could deploy onto these projects to validate that everything is going well? Or what's that process actually look like? So it... Again, it goes down to the just keeping that open line of communication with project managers, with work package owners on the project. It we start off with the first pass of a risk register and just a just a essentially a large database of risks that we need to monitor. And it starts off huge because you're naming everything from equipment not being delivered on time to weather events, that kind of thing. Anything and anything that's possible, we put it down. As the months go on and as we get closer to a finalized schedule, a finalized budget, getting closer to breaking ground, things are getting more tangible. We refine it. We keep meeting with them. All right, right, what are you seeing? What are the vendors saying to you? What are the schedulers saying? That kind of thing. And so as naturally, as anything matures, you just kind of refine it down and get it to more of the cohesive list, encompassing list rather. So of likely risks, essentially. So you start with the broad, the broadest aperture. And then over time, you say, okay, the schedule, like all of your deliveries have been a week to two weeks late. So all of the ones that are about stuff being delivered on time, those are higher probability of actually, how do you go about man? Like there's so many inputs there. So are you checking in on all with all the project managers? Are you emailing, phone calling? Like how do you manage your communication 
with these individuals to drive very specific and direct action. Yeah. It is just always being available, I think. So as I've mentioned, there's we have scheduled meetings with the different project managers and work package owners on a, a month-to-month basis. And that's we sit down for an hour and a half, two hours, and just go over, all right, is is this risk still valid? Is it applicable still? Where are we at with it? Just kind of having realistic conversations with them. On that note, too, it's that there's always... And that probably gives you more means to follow up on if there's something that they don't know or something that you're feeling uncomfortable about, right? Yep, absolutely. And then always just being available in between those meetings too, to answer questions, update data, that kind of thing, just being available. I think the biggest thing too is when you're a project manager and you're responsible for this specific niche part of the construction project, you're naturally always going to think too that your risks are the most likely to happen. They are going to cost the most money. They're going to delay the project the longest. And so as a risk manager too, it's important to go in these conversations and be like, all right, is if one concrete truck is is late for a, a broad general example. Is it really going to delay the project by six months? Maybe not. So it's kind of keeping them grounded too, because they, which is what they're paid to do. They're paid to have a, a detailed view on, on what they're responsible for in that project and what they're managing. And they're really good at it, but it's kind of where we come into to have the, bring in the, the whole, the bigger brushstroke, if you will, and, and kind of see the whole picture. So we get an accurate scoring and everything kind of goes swimmingly. At least that's, in practice, that's how it's supposed to go. <laughs> One of the things that is amazing to me is after you learn all the ins and outs of this, like you're just talking about the risk to the actual project, not even the building, all the other elements of construction that is insane. But once you actually know all of this, it's kind of a miracle that anything gets done on time, on budget. And yet so many organizations are delivering on time and on budget. Do you think that's because of technology? Do you think about, because there's all of this in, in the industry, talk about how, craft professions are dying. There's, you can't find adequate vendors to do the work anymore, all of this other stuff. Yet projects are still getting done. Things are still moving forward. Is that the boon of technology being put in place? Is that dedication by the team? I mean, I'm sure it's all of it, but from your assessment, what's happening in the industry? Yeah, it's unbelievable, really, when you go down to get into the nuts <laughs> and bolts of it. It's miraculous almost. I say that somewhat jokingly, but yes, I think technology is it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, in ancient times, we'd have a tribe of like 30 people. We can build a building (laughs) that, you know, has 5,000 people in it at any given point in time. It's kind of an interesting paradigm of where we've come from, from our ability to build successfully and safely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think technology plays a huge part of that, right? There's, There's risk management tools and softwares out there in an abundance right now, and they're all great. And they, they certainly help, right? That's why it takes... You, from a residential standpoint, you can throw up a cookie cutter house in three months, whereas 50 years ago, it took a year and a half. So it definitely helps from scheduling, tracking, Monte Carlo risk analysis is a big thing that we do. So running iter- however many thousand iterations and potential scenarios of the project and based on the cost risk, the cost scoring and schedule scoring and potential impacts that risks have, what the likely outcomes would be. All of these things are have been enhanced by technology over the past couple decades and has kind of pushed the profession forward. Naturally, you're always going to have technology helps and, it, and it's great and wonderful. Where the cool thing, in my opinion, in risk management is, is we're the people that ask the questions, right? You're always going to have to have someone that goes in, has to think critically, ask the right questions, point the conversation in the proper manner. manner. So we have the 
right inputs into the these systems, into the technology, so we can get the right outputs and get and derive success that way. Right, right. Yeah, curiosity is a theme that comes up on this podcast a lot that risk managers kind of hold dear, which is asking the questions, driving to the answers, being a really fulfilling part of the job. What's the kind of thing that you thought when you started this journey in your career and where you are now? What's one of like the biggest lessons learned or misnomers that you would tell to someone who to, to tell to yourself when you were starting out? There's always going to be something to learn, right? And there's you're not no one's a uh, knows everything, right? There's always going to be someone that knows more than you. And I think, you know, when I was first starting out, it's you think you're starting out, you're green, you don't have a ton of experience. It's okay to ask questions. And that's the nature of our job is to ask those questions, right? That's how we learn. And even if they're your, these project managers that have been doing it for however many years, and they're the experts, sometimes asking a question to them too, and making them think about it again, or think of it from a different point of view, that it's always going to drop things forward and help things at the end of the day. So I think there's always be someone, people out there that have, that have forgotten more about risk than I'll ever learn. And that's just, if you come in with that mindset and you just come in and you're ready to be a sponge and learn something new every day and ask the right questions, you're going to be okay. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I learned as a leader is there is no perfect solution in the way that everything, every choice you make to mitigate risk or to mitigate anything is going to have reverberations that you have to deal with. And so I'm sure certain processes that you've put in place or that organization put in place have consequences of them that they have to then deal with down the road. There is no perfect solution. It is in the aim of mitigating or dealing with as much as you can to still get the job done. That's what's fascinating to me about risk management is at the end of the day, building something that goes up into the sky is risky, right? And you can't mitigate that away, but there's lots of things you can do to try to make sure that you have success more than failure. It's sort of analogy to life itself, right? We're all going to die, but we can live this life in the best way that we possibly can and figuring out what it means to have a fulfilled life or a better life and to manage the risks and things that we expose ourselves to over time. It's a really fascinating sort of theoretical job that has real world impact. Absolutely. Yeah. A mentor of mine, his famous saying is anyone can mitigate risk if you're willing to accept none, right? So anything you do, to your point, like in construction, in tech, in life, inherently is risky in whatever you're doing. So yeah, staying vigilant and asking the right questions and then learning along the way. That's all. This is the name of the game. And that's, yeah, to your analogy, that's how life goes. And are there any current hot topics that you are thinking right now, if I put you on the spot and said, give me a trend or something that you think is going to become something that is major in the next three years. This is my favorite question to ask consultants because this is what you're required to know. What is it that you're thinking is going to change the game that's coming up? Yeah, it's becoming almost cliche at this point because it's, I feel like it's so, everyone's talking about now, but- Ambiguous. Yeah, I mean, artificial intelligence, I think is a big thing. And like you mentioned tech earlier, uh, and then the, the advancements we've seen already to this point and how that has, push the industry forward already. We're kind of at the tip of the iceberg right now with what artificial intelligence can do, what we're playing around with, the modeling it can do, the analysis it can run. It's impressive already. And I, it's interesting to, to see where we're going to be with it in five years, if it even takes that long. I think from a, the data side of thing of risk, I think that is going to be the biggest thing that is going to change over the next the next little bit and see how the industry we choose to adopt it or not or use it. 
it's going to be a big one. And like I said earlier too, though, like you always, the risk managers are the ones got to ask the questions to put the right inputs into those kind of things, right? So as long as you view it as another a tool in your tool belt, it's can only be good. Are you utilizing it at all yet professionally in your professional deployments or is it just a lot of conversation still? Not professionally yet. A lot of conversation. I mean, I'm uh, antsy to get my hands on something like that just to see what we can do with it. And we use modeling tools already, not quite full AI type stuff, but... Yeah, machine learning based uh, tools, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very interesting to see what that's going to do and not do in the industry, right? Because... When risk is so modeled on probability, it's sort of a the only variable that can be trusted is the knowledge that this has happened. So it's going to be interesting to see if people build artificial intelligence into risk analysis. What does it take? Like, what are the inputs that it can control? And how do you not create a system that still leaves room for risk? Because again, risk seems to be probability based by human experience, right? So uh, those are sort of the two modifiers that I always think about when I'm thinking about risk is what's the probability that's going to happen? And then my experience and my team's experience, what is the chance that my team is going to fall prey to those levers? Very interesting times. Uh, One thing I ask on the podcast always is I'm trying to get people interested in what I think is a very fascinating uh, practical career in risk management What's some advice that you've been given? And you already mentioned the mentor one, so you can't use that again. But (laughs) what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone starting a career in risk management or someone that's thinking about this kind of uh, field? I just say dive right in and look into it, right? When I, being fully transparent, when I graduated college, I did not know that risk management was a viable career. Not just because I was, I didn't know, you know? So and there's so much that's out there in risk, right? Like I'm on the construction side of things. My I've been in positions in risk where we're looking at the insurance side of things, the more of the lending space of construction risk. There's just so many facets of risk out there all across different industries too. And so I think anyone that's, and like you had mentioned it earlier, no one, there's not many people that major in college in risk, right? Or come out that's like tailored, like I'm going to do that. But if you're, I don't know, if you're inherently a problem solver and you want to get in the weeds and you like data and you want to, yeah, unravel some cool problems and help push us forward by developing some pretty cool things, it's a good thing to at least take a look at, right? And see if it's something you want to do. It's really rewarding too. And and, and I'm happy that it found me, really. <laughs> That's really interesting. I think it's nice to know that your work has gone into that physical thing that you can actually see. I mean, obviously, you're one part of a major team. But it, it is a very fascinating mark to look at a, a skyscape and go, oh, I had something to do with this thing that got built. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And even on the, the residential side of things, too, you're, if it's a house that uh, you know family is going to live in one day, that's, I don't know, at the end of the day, you're doing something good, right? And it's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Man, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking. We don't get a lot of people who specialize as a consultant in risk. I think it's really important. Two couple of key takeaways that I took from this is a lot of internal risk managers are not really operating with a database of risk. They don't, it's in spreadsheets and you can maybe call that a database, but they're not operationalizing it. So it's really interesting to see someone who can come in and deploy these risk packages, this risk catalog to projects and really have them really narrow down. And to think about how that would look at like for an internal risk manager, managing subcontractors even, or or taking these principles across the board. So thank you for sharing that insight. And then also I found the idea of 
how to work with different types of people within organizations. This is a thing that a lot of people who listen to the podcast have trouble doing. They still have that reputation of not being a partner, right? Of being this resource that's slowing things down versus enabling the thing to be built successfully in the first place. And I found your answers around that very critically important to be listening to. So thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be on and I appreciate you having me. Risk Management Brick by Brick is brought to you by TrustLayer. Find out how TrustLayer manages risk so that the people can build the physical world around us. Head over to TrustLayer.io and then make sure to subscribe to Risk Management Brick by Brick on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of the TrustLayer team, thank you for listening.